Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line, covers the LSU Fighting Tiger football team for the advocate, Wilson Alexander. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Wilson, uh, for me, the big question, Mark, we talked to a little bit about it uh, while we were talking about LSU's Pro Day with B.J. Ojolari. Right now, uh, and I, I think there may be a freshman involved here, uh, I think that's the biggest spot for me. If you were looking at one player that was going to be really difficult to replace, it's B.J. Now, it's question marks in the secondary, especially at corner, because you don't know. But, man, I really don't know. Who's going to feel those moccasins of B.J. Ojolari? B.J. brought so much to LSU, not only with what he did on the field, but as a leader in the locker room wearing number 18. And that in itself is something that LSU has to replace as well as just the presence that he had uh, as a leader. But on the field, certainly, he did so much. We saw him you know, be moved around in that jack linebacker position, able to rush the passer, drop back a little bit, but you know, certainly more so somebody who played up near the line of scrimmage and, and could really cause some havoc. I mean, second on the team in both sacks and quarterback hurries behind Harold Perkins, um, and he's going to be a tough person to replace. LSU's got a couple options to do that. Uh, Ovia Gofu, the Texas transfer, who's also started his career at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly. Uh, Braden Swinson, an Oregon transfer. And then uh, I think the freshman who you would be alluding to was probably Deshaun Womack. Now, Deshaun, that's the guy because he's not necessarily a straight jack linebacker. Right. I uh, asked Brian Kelly about this recently. He's more of a hybrid between a jack linebacker and a defensive end, especially because he's up over 270 pounds now. Whew. So, you know, he's not necessarily somebody who would drop into coverage. Um, he could play with his hand in the dirt. He could play out of a two-point stance. He can be a really sort of interesting piece in terms of how Matt House uses him because of the way that he's developing right now. Of course, he's not practicing because of a shoulder injury. You know, he had uh, off-season surgery on his labrum, um, but he's still somebody else who has circled as a potential uh, early contributor. Right now, though, the leader for that Jack linebacker spot would probably have to be Ovi Agofu. Brian Kelly's spoken highly of him thus far. And he's got familiarity with Ovi. Exactly. You know, he, uh, he Dovey originally signed with Notre Dame yep. and then he transferred to Texas where he spent two years and he was productive at Texas. The numbers uh, are suddenly escaping me off the top of my head. Um, you know, he's not like a BGO Jolari kind of guy. He, it's doubtful that he would turn into somebody who's, you know, borderline first round, uh, early second round draft pick uh, kind of player. He's not as big as BJ and that kind of thing, but um, he, he was productive enough at Texas 
um, to be able to maybe fill in. And because of LSU, with what they've got coming back right now, like with Mason Smith once he's healthy and with Harold going into year two and some of the other defensive linemen who they have, they might not actually need as much from that Jack linebacker spot. It's still an important position, of course, don't get me wrong, but you, you don't need necessarily Omigofu to be like the full-on leader uh, and statistical, you know, most productive player uh, on your defense like you maybe needed out of B.J. Ojolari last season. Now, uh, Wilson, speaking of the D-line, uh, what is your take and uh, what do you think uh, mindset of Coach Kelly, uh, Jamar Kane uh, going with Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos? Because uh, I think that could be a significant loss considering when you look at recruiting and how the players are trusted <laughs> him. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? What's your take on that when that all went down? This was something that came together over the last few weeks. You know, I mean, coaches uh, certainly, you know, interviewed during the offseason for things. But, you know, Jar- uh, Jamar was was here um, and uh, for the start of, of camp. And then, as I understand, it kind of over spring break, this opportunity with the Broncos kind of began to materialize. And then, of course, uh, got finalized um, there. I sort of um, – you know, and by the time they got to practice on Saturday, you know, he was able to tell the you know the, the players before practice that he was leaving and that that was his last day. Um, for him, it's you know a chance to go to the NFL, which is somewhere he's wanted to be. Um, you know, and eventually get to work with Vance Joseph, his, who yeah. he's known their defensive coordinator yeah. over there in Denver. Uh, Nick Benita, who he coached at Oklahoma, is on the Broncos, and he gets to reunite with him as well, um, and kind of go back over closer to the West Coast. And he's a self-proclaimed West Coast guy. But it does leave LSU now without a full-time defensive line coach five practices into the spring. You know, they'll hit the field again tomorrow. And uh, Gerald Chapman, who's an analyst who was Colorado's defensive line coach last season, previously with LSU in 2021 as an analyst, um, he's expected to be the one who kind of oversees the defensive tackles and defensive ends uh, for now while LSU looks for a different defensive line coach. And I think you mentioned recruiting. Um, That's certainly a priority with whoever comes in as its next hire because defensive tackle is a position that LSU has to address in this next class. Right now, things look good for the 2023 season. But past that, uh, there's some question marks about, you know, just LSU doesn't have like a, a, a clear cut, you know, who's up guys, who, guy who's next on the roster. Um, and they're going to have to address that uh, in recruiting. Now, uh, you know, Wilson, uh, what is your take? Uh, obviously, being around LSU football, and I was talking with Mike about this. That uh, when you talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse, uh, Keishan Booty, uh, 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 Booty, Booty, however you say it, uh, but Keishan, what? He was going to be like top 10 pick, first round. Now it looks like maybe third, uh, probably could be a fourth round pick. Now he might be uh, a middle round pick. But, right. I mean, uh, <laughs> but what's your take on that, Wilson, and how he's, how he's fallen? It's been so peculiar, but as a just purely as a player, you know, he just hasn't looked the same really last season after coming off of the, the ankle injury. injury. I agree with you, one hundred percent, Wilson. For before, right at the start of preseason camp last year, um, I asked Kayshawn if it was still bothering him anyway, if he was still having to get used to something. You know, when you come off that injury, usually there's a little bit of a reacclimation kind of period where. You're learning to trust yourself cutting again. And um, he's admitted that that was still the case. There were still some moments here and there where he was kind of getting used to it. And um, he brushed it off later in the season as it being an issue, but then kind of said the combine that it was. And but you could just tell watching that, yeah, he was just wasn't quite the same player uh, last season. And, you know, maybe as he gets back into the NFL, um, you know, further away from the injury, just in terms of time, maybe he can get back into that kind of form. But 
He hasn't shown it yet really during the pre-draft process in terms of his testing numbers. Uh, they were not very good at the combine. He didn't do much today at Pro Day. Did the, uh, did the three-cone drill, um, but his time would have been the second to last among receivers at the Combine, and that was 7.08 seconds. Um, he looked okay in his on-field workout, though. You know, I mean, just really, you know, football stuff, you know, catching the ball away from his body. Didn't I didn't count any drops that, from a catchable ball, and it uh, looked crisp as a route runner. So it's just peculiar. Um, it really can probably be traced back uh, to that injury against Kentucky that, you know, of course, had to have two surgeries on that right ankle um, last year uh, to to address it and uh, just has not quite been the same player since then. Wilson, uh, to stay on that area, losing Jeray Jenkins and Kayshawn deciding not to come back, oh, how does that wide receiver group look? Now, I know one thing, Malik Neighbors got him a spot uh, because you can tell Jaden Daniels trusted him and knew he was, even sometimes when he was covered, he was open. Well, well, Malik he- would come up with the catch. What does that look like? Because that has always over the last five or six years, has been such a great strength for LSU at wideout. And uh, to elaborate on what Mike's saying, uh, Wilson, uh, all I know is, you know, what have you done for me lately? To me, he merges the top receiver, what he did in the Citrus Bowl, 163-yard receiving. He had a touchdown. Uh, he catches ball in uh, traffic, you know, body control. You look at all that. But, I mean, what have you done for me lately? Malik Neighbors, how can he not be the number one receiver yeah, for no Daniels? Question. Brian Kelly said as much after the Citrus Bowl that it's Malik Neighbors' time now to be the next number one, to carry that mantle as LSU's next uh, top wide receiver. Um, And he is going to be the number one target in this offense and one of the top offensive weapons. That's undisputed. Um, And it's come directly from the head coach at this point. So um, there's really no question about it. He is their number one wide out in. Uh, a lot is going to be expected of him in this junior year to do to kind of help carry this offense, um, especially in the passing game. And you know, maybe in that Citrus Bowl, kind of seeing him on that end around and take it 75 yards, maybe that's even a glimpse of more to come. Instead of sort of using him in a lot of different ways to 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 highlight what he can do so well, um, because as we talked about before, you know, he 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 catches the ball well. He's pretty fast. Um, he's great in space. He he gets in. Um, making you know catches in traffic et cetera, et cetera. and all around him is kind of where the questions uh start to emerge in the intrigue for where how he's going to shake out in terms of the receiver rotation because past him you don't have somebody who's necessarily proven as a frontline sec receiver brian thomas is it's certainly a chance to do that but you know he just hasn't quite taken that step into the upper echelon of somebody like malik Aaron Anderson, they're really high on if he can return to what he did in high school at Nakar, but you know he's not going to be able to get back out there until preseason camp. So, so why did he transfer? Well, well, injury, so yeah, Wilson, why did stuff. he transfer? Because uh, you think like he I wasn't I, I, playing. You no, know, you had Alabama, <laughs> and so he transferred because he wasn't playing. Because you don't think like, well, why would you want to leave Alabama? Well, well, as an LSU fan, like, well, if he's not going to be a stud for Alabama, uh, why does he think he's going to be a stud for us? I mean, I, well, you have to. Remember, Aaron Anderson was committed to LSU for a long time coming out of New Orleans uh, before the coaching change. Yeah. And when Orgeron left and, and he reopened his recruitment, he ended up signing with Alabama. This LSU staff wasn't able to kind of get in there and keep, keep him on board in the 2022 class before he went to Alabama. So then, you know, he spent a year over there. Um, but it's sort of – I think that's the reason why, you know, he came back is that this was originally where – he wanted to go. He's a right. Louisiana guy from New Orleans and would like to be playing at LSU. And so it worked out that he was able to come on back to the transfer portal. 
Wilson, I think one of the spots for me, and I always look at it for any team, is at center. Uh, They're really the time clock uh, for your football team. And that's been a spot for LSU. Uh, I I get it, there's some injuries there. But what does it look like in spring because of Turner? He's never going to be a big man at at the center position. I think he's solid, but he's never going to be that big guy. And I think that's what Brian Kelly wants, a big center. Um, Martinez uh, has spent some time right, there. They right. got a transfer guy. Oh, your thoughts on the center position? Because I think you could put Dellinger in that spot where Bradford left, uh, and, and you'd be fine. Uh, you don't have much depth, and that's where some of these freshmen might come into play. And also, too, with Bo Bordelon, is is he working at the center position? Yeah, but because uh, let me tell you right now, people think like uh, you know you plug and play. To center. Now, and, and I think LSU, uh, I, I know they are. They, they're like, it's like the NFL. A center position, you're playing the center position, you're like the quarterback of the offensive line. Yep. How you got to make calls and all that. So a lot of times when you, you just want to throw a, a, a freshman out there, they, they, they swimming. They worry about what they have to do. They, they're not going to understand the whole concept of the offensive scheme, what the offensive line supposed to do. But I think that's a great question what Mike uh, brought up, Wilson. Right now, Charles Turner is out, like you mentioned. But when he comes back, don't just assume that this isn't going to be his job because of his size. LSU really likes the intangibles with him, the communication uh, and his toughness and just sort of mindset that he brings to that center position. Maybe because he's been doubted because of his size. Um, that seems to really motivate him. And, you know, they were pleased with how he played last year. But this is a position where they want to have some competition, uh, clearly, because Marlon Martinez, with Charles out, he's getting a lot of they've been pursuing uh, you know, center transfers in the portal, and now Marlon Martinez is getting a, a really close look during the spring as kind of the first team center uh, with Charles out, and he's got the size that Charles doesn't have, right. um, and so that will probably be a competition when they get back. Mason Lunsford, uh, who you mentioned, you know, over from Maryland, he hasn't been a center during his career, much more of a guard, um, and he told me he had never really played center, but if Brad Davis, who loves to cross train, wants to cross train him there, he's open to it. We'll have to see once he gets on campus what they do there. And then, yeah, Bo Bordelon has been getting center reps for the first time in his career, uh, learning how to play that position uh, maybe as a backup option. Um, and, you know, during pre- right now during the spring, because LSU has so few linemen, it's a great opportunity just for him to try, to try it out. And so he's kind of their second-team center right now and learning that position. And it's interesting you mentioned Dellinger because he's actually still getting some center reps. You know, <laughs> kind of another thing where it's like in the spring, you yep. might as well try it out and all that kind of thing. Everybody you tried it last year. It didn't quite work. Yeah. But he was, he was at practice the other day getting some, like, kind of third-team snaps. Just, I mean, also, again, it's par- partially a product of just LSU does not have a lot of offensive linemen right now, and it's the spring. So why not just, you know, kind of tinker and that kind of thing right now? But, you know, he'll probably still end up just settling in at guard. But maybe it's a situation where in case of emergency, we have to move someone over there. You know, make sure that he could still kind of handle it if necessary. But, you know, yeah, he, he slides in back into the lineup logically, uh, you would think, at, at, at guard, um, especially with Anthony Bradford off to the NFL um, as that fifth uh, lineman um, and gives LSU a returning five that they really like. Now, uh, it's not quite as important, but you, you got nothing but a bunch of freshman depth that tied in. Uh, that that's another spot because I know Brian wants to use two tight ends. Uh, it's what was used when he was at Cincinnati. He did it at Notre Dame. He likes to use multiple tight ends. Well, last year you really couldn't. Uh, you know, Mason was what you had. Uh, 
kind of how you think that'll work out because now, again, you're going to have to pro- most likely trust a freshman if you're going to go to a two-tight end set. Yeah, well, what about this Pimpton cat? Uh, cat? I don't know, Pimpton. I'm like uh, 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 Wally Pip or whatever, like Pimpton. I'm looking at, we know Mason Taylor, but I'll, uh, all of a sudden I'm reading a few things about this Pimpton guy. Well, not everybody's Mason Taylor as a freshman. Yeah, but, That's but, all but, I can But tell I think you. we all know until the summer, right, yeah. uh, Wilson, uh, about Pimpton and what he can bring to the table? Pimpton won't be, uh, he, isn't, he won't be here until the summer. He was not an early enrollee. Uh, Brian Kelly, though, said this from watching the tape on him, that he's probably one of the most athletically gifted, albeit raw, receiving tight ends that he's seen. Um, Pimpton's 6'6". He's got an extremely wide catch radius and could bring a lot early as a receiving tight end. But as Brian Kelly has mentioned multiple times now, what they want in a tight end is somebody who has a little bit more well-rounded kind of skill set and can play on the end line and be a blocker. And Pimpton's going to have to prove that he can do that part of it as well to get on the field pretty early. In the meantime, with Mason Taylor out for the spring uh, after having a shoulder um, sort of cleanup surgery, it's the two freshmen, Mac Markway <laughs> and Jackson McGohan, who are getting a ton of work at receiver. There's also so, or, not, excuse me, receiver tight end. Uh, some walk-ons um, are also in the mix there, uh, but those two being scholarship guys are getting a really close look. I'll tell you, Markway, he's 6'4", 242 pounds. He hasn't played a lot of high school football because of the coronavirus pandemic, and then he had an ACL injury, and then his senior year, LSU just advised him to sit out and train. Well, because he was training and he's in, the, in an NFL family that has a bunch of tight ends in it, he is built like a college player already. Sure. Like, he, does, he, he looks like people us today at Pro Day, and I could he, he looks physically like ready to be able to maybe handle it as a blocker or something like that. Now, all this needs time to kind of shake out and really for Ben Brock uh, to kind of evaluate them. And this is also a position where, keep in mind, LSU could look in the transfer portal, but it's going to be tricky because they need a guy who's really only here for like a year and right. to find someone who would mesh well enough and want to come for a single season and maybe not be the starter who really fits everything that they would want and you know be the right fit on both sides might be difficult. But it is a position where they will probably look in the transfer portal in May just to see what's out there. Now, uh, Wilson, you're talking about Pro Day. Uh, obviously, you've been to a number of these. Uh, what is What impressed you today? All I know is, you know, just face value. Uh, you look at a player who oh, I think helped his cause, like uh, Converse. I mean, all of a sudden, looking at his 40, my understanding, when he ran a 4-4 and then looking at his vertical. I mean, uh, who caught your eye on LSU's Pro Day that maybe uh, could have helped his draft stock? Is it Converse or, or who was maybe other player that caught your attention? It was absolutely Jark Bernard Converse. This was somebody who's a like a four-year, five-year even starter. Yeah, five um, years. Going back to his, yeah, he started nine games as a freshman at Oklahoma State. He's started like over 50 games in his career. Um, I think I think 60 uh, games in his career um, over those two schools, and yet um, and was productive and has you know he's about six foot six one, um, 195 pounds or so, smooth corner, and what wasn't invited to the combine, and so um, you know he put a lot into this pro day. And he really gave himself a chance to get drafted based off his experience in production and also just the way he tested. He you know, proved, backed up that he is an athletic corner. Um, how far he projects to the next level, I'm not sure. But, yeah, he ran a 4-4-40, which was his goal. He jumped 42 inches, which would have been tied for the uh, highest amongst corners of the combine and the third highest uh, amongst any, every position. Um, and he it would have actually been a t- really t- overall testing-wise – 
among the top five uh, corners at the combine. Um, and so he did himself a lot of good today with the way he performed. And, and Jarg's not going to really talk himself up. He's not super boastful and not really a trash talker guy, but you could tell that he was proud of what he did today. He's built like the port. And you see that guy, you say, man, that guy plays corner. That's how I want a cornerback to look. And, man, he, he's got a lot of athletic ability. I think a little rough around the edges technically, but I think he can get better in, in that field. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Always uh, love to have you on, giving your insights. Thanks, Wilson. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great night. All righty. Wilson Alexander does a great job uh, covering the LSU Fighting Tiger football team for The Advocate. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.